0: And welcome to penpodcast.com with your co-host, Nico Penguin of Pen for Hire NYC. Today, we are joined by best-selling author, Jody Burnett. Jody, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thank you so much for having me on your show, Nico. I've really been looking forward to it.
0: And I was, uh, as i mentioning previously, I was looking at your website, and your website is just so cool. Like, oh my goodness. Like everything about it is so cool. The <laughs> colors the way that when you scroll uh things change, the colors pop out of all your books, primarily uh the this one with uh the purple coloring justice it just brought it to my attention, like oh, now I know Jody Burnett's next book is a justice Thank in the 10 Star series, like oh. so cool
1: thanks yeah i have I have a great web designer. it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: And then I also was looking at like on the blog, how you have, you know, fiction, creativity, interviews, TV, film, like you have interest from everywhere.
1: I do. I'm I'm really excited to talk about uh, primarily canines and police canines. I just I love what they do. I love military dogs. And so two of my three series are all based on can- they're canine thrillers. Um, then I'm starting a new venture in creativity. So I'm Mm. looking forward to building, actually building a a side business, uh, helping all creatives nurture their creativity and Mm -hmm. figuring out how to do that. And then the other one in team TV and film, there's really nothing in there yet because I haven't done anything yet, but I'm hoping to uh, write a screenplay from my FBI series first.
0: Oh, that is so cool. And As mentioned, that's multifaceted. So you write in a lot of different genres, uh, but this one in particular, your your justice one, I was looking at, it's ranked number one in all the categories. So congratulations. Thank you. Um, I know that is extremely difficult to do and you're number one. So how did somebody um, such as yourself get to that kind of place where you're essentially dominating uh, the Amazon markets? How did you even do that?
1: Well, I think it has to do with the particular niche that I'm in. So it's really dominating the niche. It's not the whole Amazon, Amazon store necessarily. So mm. I think I have some really fantastic readers that are loyal and they love to get the next book and they sign up ahead of time for pre-orders. And it's just a big blast every time I, I release the book. So it's a lot of fun. So I I've, I've have fantastic readers is really what it is.
0: Man, and when you have fantastic readers, it's because they have such a passion for you. So where do you get the passion to write and create these stories for them?
1: Well, I've been creative my whole life and have a very vivid imagination. When I was little, I lived in my imagination, my imaginary Mm -hmm. friends. And then as as you get older, you know, that sort of it's it's less socially accessible, you know, to play Acceptable. make-believe. Yeah, yeah,
0: I know, right? You have to become an author or something. You have to grow up
1: and stuff. So <laughs> no, so and then that. yeah, I used to tell my kids stories and that kind of thing, but I didn't actually start writing until I have four kids and they all moved mm. away from home. And then I started writing my I was sad when they moved, and my husband thought it would be a good idea for me to write a book about my experience of the empty nest syndrome. And I wrote a book, but I didn't write it about that. So I wrote mm-hmm. a fiction and uh, and just kind of fell in love with writing from there. And it's a great place for my imagination to play. So that's where it comes from.
0: Wow, that's actually so cool that you're literally taking what, what you went through and channeling that through uh, your books. And did you ever actually publish that channeled energy? Or uh, did you alter the story so much that it was just your your kind of little spark of imagination.
1: I did. I altered the book. My first book, it's actually not even uh, for sale right now. I took it down because it needs to be sort of rewritten. First books are always a challenge, (laughs) but it was about a woman who uh, her children had moved away in her struggle. But then I took off from there. The whole story is completely different and there's a, you know, an adventure and some things going on and um, just relational kind of stuff. It's more women's fiction. So it doesn't really Mm -hmm. fit with my genres now, but um yeah, so that was that book. And then I just fell in love with writing and thought, well, what do I write next? I I guess I'll write what I know. And I, I had a business for about, I don't know, about seven years called Horses Healing Hearts, where mm-hmm. I did equine therapy with at-risk kids um, in the Denver area. And you took take these kids, a lot of them were foster care kids, and we'd take them out, you know, to the arena and their social mm-hmm. worker would do therapy with them, but in the context of working with horses. And it's just a phenomenal work. So Run for the Hills is the first book in this Flint River series. It's not a canine series. It's um, it's about a, a Montana family. And there's three brothers and the three brothers, each brother has a book story of his own. But the first book has to do with that equine therapy. And so then I just kept falling in love with writing and it's, I can't stop now. <laughs>
0: no that's that's actually pretty cool and all the books are on the website jody hyphen burnett.com and oh my goodness these are really good covers thank like you like in the in the flint river series like these are really good the red is is popping out like crazy and the hidden in the hills like it just just makes me like want to pick it up and read it right away like why is it <laughs> why is there a cave why is they underground why is there a pistol there you know all these questions like, oh, definitely, definitely mysterious. Awesome. Now, when, when you decided to write, what what enabled you to create mystery? Because I, I personally think that mystery is so hard to write because you have to pretty much, like, get people to think critically, and not too much, not too hard, but you're wanting to make them think in a specific way. Like, how did you ever decide, like, you know what, I want to actually do that? <sighs>
1: Gosh, I don't. I don't know the answer to that. I think that the way I write, I'm very uh, plot-driven, and I have a great outline, like a ten-page outline for mm-hmm. a book. And I really try to work through some of the mystery and, you know, the red herrings and all of that kind of stuff. And try to, you know, how will I lead the reader away from what the truth is, you know, in a believable fashion? It's a fun puzzle for me. So I guess that's just why I go that way. It's just, it's a lot of fun.
0: So when everybody else is doing Sudoku and whatnot. <laughs>
1: This you're, is just like,
0: doku. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, okay, let me, let me, let me create a little challenging puzzle for my readers and whatnot. exactly. Oh, that is so fun. Oh, that's, that's like playing with words on another level. That is, that's actually pretty cool. And for you to be able to do that, um, primarily, I would like to know how long have you been writing like that with that kind of mindset?
1: With that mindset, I published run for the Hills in 2019. So all of the books from there on have been since then. So it's been a, a roller coaster ride. I publish about once every four months.
0: Oh, that's actually so cool. So it's like you're very experienced. You're number one currently um, in a couple of categories. Uh, so that makes me want to ask this question. So, uh, for to do that, how do you go about um, getting into your characters? Because character development has to be something key. Do you know people and then you just write from their perspective or do you completely start from scratch and create people from zero?
1: I I start from scratch and I just oh, wow. sit back and imagine the people. I do have, you know, like some character development sheets that I fill out. Mm-hmm. A lot of which will the information will never actually make it into the book. You you gather information about you know their background or you know their culture where they came from and all of that creates a picture in my mind and then I just I go from there and in the 10 star series which is my current ser- series I'm writing in mm-hmm. it is one protagonist throughout so so it's kind of fun to stick with one character and really develop her so and and the, and her family and her love interest and all of that they're all the same people so it's it's been that's been a challenge in a different way because to keep it fresh and to keep these characters growing and all of that kind of thing is it's a little bit challenging but um it's also fun to really get to know them personally they're like friends
0: do you have a hard time uh differentiating between what you want versus what the character wants
1: sometimes my character is a little more sassy than i expect her to be But I usually let her run with it if it's not, if it doesn't get out of character. But um, for the most part, I don't have that problem because I think because I'm so uh, outline driven that I, mm-hmm. I know where I'm going. It's not, you know, a lot of people, a lot of writers, you know, they, they're they called pantsers and they just sort of write off the cuff. Right, and, right. And so they can get themselves into these situations where their character go one way that they weren't expecting. And mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. that doesn't tend to happen to me since I'm I use an outline pretty heavily.
2: Thank you for listening to ThePenPodcast.com, created by Pen for Hire. Thanks to technology, authors are now able to reach their readers in new ways. Letting readers know who you really are, why you wrote the book, and that you welcome their questions and comments goes a long way to building a fan base. Outside of social media, Podcasts, radio, television, newspaper, and magazine interviews reach millions of people every day. How can you get featured in more of these media channels? Working with a public relations specialist will open more doors than you ever thought possible. Visit our website at www.penforhirenyc.com to get a free consultation today. Now back to the interview.
0: Okay, so your characters are pretty much have a structured format that you adhere to. Okay, that's actually pretty cool. Now, do you have any issues where you would like for them to kind of deviate or do you want them to stay and maintain their set composure or their set mindsets in every situation?
1: I think I'm open to letting them change and grow, especially in dialogue. As I sort of have a, we have to start at point A and we have to end at point B. But what Mm -hmm. happens between there is, is it's, that's the creative part. That's what happens on the page and it's, it's playtime. Yeah.
0: Oh, that is so cool. Now, when you go about writing, do you ever stumble upon any like writer's block?
1: So that's actually what my nonfiction is going to be about eventually about uh, creativity. I don't have writer's block, but I, I think Ooh, that lucky. I have, <laughs> well, I think that the reason I don't is because I, I think of, I think it, of it differently. So mm. I don't, I don't know that we're necessarily blocked creatively as much as we get dried out and empty. Mm. You know, I have, there's an old saying it's, it's you can't pour from an empty cup. And I think that's what happens more, that we just dry up and we don't take the time to nurture our imagination and our playfulness. And we forget, especially if you turn your creative job, you know, it becomes a job. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, it's not as much fun and we forget that it should be play. And so if we can get back to that place where it's play, then, you know, then you don't really have a block. My mindset is that you can do that by doing something else creative. That's not what your work is. Like maybe you go paint or you go dance right, or you right. whatever. I mean, I, a million right. things, but if you fill yourself back up, you can, you'll have more to give. So that's just my opinion though. I, I, am sure. No, I,
0: I agree with that. <laughs> I agree with that a hundred percent because I I'm, I'm one of those firm believers that you have the capacity to always be doing something, whether it's, it's doing something that you have a passion for and you're, Like, this is my goal to like write a thousand words, but at like 500 words. It's like, ah, I can't write anymore. (laughs) But like, instead of being stuck there, like just go do something else. Like go cook, go clean, crochet, Mm -hmm. go walk around, enjoy nature. And then when you come back, you might end up feeling like, wow, you know what? I can crank out another 700 words.
1: Exactly. I think that one of the reasons we don't want to try new things is we're afraid that we won't be good at it. We're so used to being Mm. competent and great at our main focus. But when we were kids, we didn't care if we were good at it or not. We just right. tried, and it was fun. And I think we need to recapture that and allow ourselves to be really bad at something and just mm-hmm. play and have fun with it. So that's that's kind of where I'm going with it.
0: And then, what do you use as motivation in order to keep yourself going?
1: <sighs> I'm competitive with myself, so and I'm I'm very disciplined. So I have my word count that I want to mm-hmm. hit each day. I, I you know I have a certain period of time that I work before I have a break. And so I, I'm pretty regimented that way. And, mm-hmm. and it works for me. Also deadlines. I put, I put up pre-orders with the book, whatever book I just published there's right, a pre-order and right. then, ne- you know, for the next book. Right, right. And so I have a deadline, I have to hit it. And so that's pretty motivating.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's tough. So you don't need like an accountability partner or anything like that.
1: Well, I do have an accountability partner. I oh, have a, a top great, of yeah, I do. I have a great friend oh, and mentor cool. um, and she's, she's amazing. She's, she's just super organized and very calm mm-hmm. and brilliant. And her, uh, her name is Corinna O'Flynn. She's also an author, so I'll give shout her a little, little shout, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, she's fantastic. And um, you know, every day in the very first thing in the morning, we, we tell each other what our top three things we want to accomplish that day are and what is done look like. And, Hmm. Then we kind of make sure that we get there by the end of the day. So it's good.
0: Wow. That's actually a pretty, pretty effective method. Yeah. It's like, wow, that's actually pretty cool. Now, do you also have a good relationship with your editors as well?
1: Yes, I have. And I have a tremendous group of beta readers, which are my front line of defense. They are fantastic. And, do you ever and feel that, bad? That's, Do I feel bad
0: when they give you some, some uh, not good feedback?
1: (laughs) No, no. I appreciate all their feedback because that just makes the story that much better. And you used to, I think in the beginning, you're, you're a little unsure and you're a little more tender Mm -hmm. Um, anymore. I'm like, please, you know, punch, punch me if you need to, I need to know this stuff. (laughs) And we've built trust over time that they know they can actually tell me anything and I'm fine. You know, I, I, I just want to make the product better. So, um, so they're fantastic. And then I also, my, I have a, great arc team which is an advanced reader team mm-hmm. um they also have you know it it's gone through editing it's gone through everything and now it's just ready to publish and i'll get an email hey there's this typo on page 67 or whatever that's fantastic because yeah. i don't care how many people look at your book a typo will get through it just it just happens so it's, it's for really some reason, yeah. yeah so it's it's great when people feel like they can email me and let me know
0: man that's actually pretty cool to be able to have a lot of people that are that are into you and and it's, it's got to be so many multifacets, just like you have so many different interests. There's so many different people from, I believe, all walks of life mm-hmm. that are reviewing and assisting you. Um, and you mentioned that you have a specific word count. So do you have like a specific schedule that you adhere to in order to meet that?
1: I do. Well, I my goal is a minimum of 2000 words a day. I usually get more than that, but that way I just I, I make sure I won't go to sleep if I don't have that 2000 so I've got to punch it out. And that, that keeps me on schedule for my, my publishing schedule. Do
0: you, do you need to get into like a specific mood or do you need like a specific like uh, a set of things to do like like coffee, mug? lots and lots of
1: coffee (laughs) no i i do a sort of morning mindset and i kind of sit back and you know kind of think about my day and think Mm -hmm. about what i want to accomplish think about who i want to be who i want to show up as when i'm writing or when i'm doing business or if i have a meeting or something like that so i take some time to kind of think through my day um i'm practicing. I'm not great at this, but I'm practicing not looking at my email or social media before I start writing. Mm. When I when I can do that, my writing is fresher, I think. It's easier. I'm not distracted. So I'm working on that though. That's a work in progress.
0: <laughs> so when you're trying to deviate, you're trying to essentially like get into the zone, get into mm-hmm. uh, some deep work. So that way, without any distractions, you can complete the, either 2,000 words or it gets much easier for you to enable to all have that creativity, whether it's just thinking about it or actually getting it through.
1: Yeah, both. I, I, I put myself, if I'm working on a novel, I'll put myself in the scene, you know, and I just really picture it and, and, you know, sort of like a camera panning around in the scene, seeing who's there, what's, you know, what's going on, you know, what's the mood, what's the weather, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And then if I'm there, then I can start writing and just write. It just flows like like make believe
0: (laughs) and do you do you change character on a daily basis or like do you have like a set week like this week i'm gonna be thinking about uh this particular scene next week this particular scene or as you complete it it just everything gets done as you go
1: yeah, I'm pretty linear along with my outline. So I oh. if I end a scene, I'm ready to go ahead and start that next scene. And it might be a subplot scene with different characters and all of it's fine because it sort of feels like it flows to me.
0: Hmm. And now uh, what's the most fun that you have when you create your books?
1: Oh, my most fun is when I know that I'm onto a great subterfuge (laughs) that I know that I'm going to, that I'm going to pull my reader in one direction and I'm actually going in a different direction. And it just gets very exciting. That is very exciting for me.
0: Now, what do you think is the most satisfying part about uh, when you create a character to life?
1: I think the most satisfying thing is when readers respond and they respond to your readers, like they're real people. Um, That is, it's, It's fantastic. And I have a funny story. I it was my very first in Run for the Hills, the main character, her name is Jocelyn. Mm -hmm. And I write her as a young woman. She's got a long, long, you know, straw-colored braid. Well, I did a little weird video kind of trailer. I shouldn't say weird. It's it's kind of cool. (laughs) A video trailer (laughs) for that series. And my daughter called me up and she said, She's like, Mom, I really like that trailer, but but Jocelyn's not blonde. And I was like, Yeah, that's how I wrote her. But it wasn't how she had her in her Mm. mind. And she had developed this whole other person. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's what I love. So there's this is what I think about art. And I think this all art, but it's especially true maybe in writing. But Art is only completed when the viewer or the reader takes the other half, like the creator creates, but the viewer takes the other half. And whatever they do with that, however they interpret it, that's the completion of the art. And so that's it's so satisfying. It's just it's thrilling, really.
0: Man, that's that's one of my best parts, too. Whenever somebody lets you know that that's so satisfactory it just makes me want to be like wow i can't believe i got you to just have that initial spark of creativity and then you could tell me like no my character wouldn't do that because then <laughs> now you have to argue about that either for the next upcoming book like am i gonna dye her hair <laughs> good like, point <laughs> do i have to like add that to the to the book and be like you know, in the first couple of pages, like she decided to get a, you know a hair treatment Right. your hair out like, you know that 's why she 's channeling that
1: The fun part is is that all your readers picture your characters differently than you do. They mm-hmm. sound differently than they do in your head and and I know that 's true because I have audio books, and my audio narrators interpret my writing differently than I write it, so that 's always interesting too you 're you know discussing it with your narrator voices and inflections and things and trying to come to a meeting of the minds.
2: Thank you for tuning in to the Penn Podcast, produced by Penn for Hire. Do you struggle with finding affordable and reliable proofreaders? Are you tired of the AI software that doesn't always understand human language? Penn for Hire has an extensive network of professionals we can refer you to to help. Visit our website at www.penforhirenyc.com to get your free consultation today. And now back to the interview.
0: Now, when you do have your audiobooks being produced, do you ever give them like certain heads ups, like, hey, this character is going to think like this in this situation, or please use like this kind of uh, mannerisms, or do you just try to let them understand how the story goes?
1: if there is any kind of accent i make sure that that my narrator knows that i have uh the dog commands are all in check so they have to have a, i send a little you know pdf on the what the word sounds like how it's pronounced because right, otherwise right. you know that kind of thing um sometimes i'll just let them kind of they'll do a practice audio you know clip and send it to mm-hmm. me and i'll say Oh gosh, the like the the lady I have doing my uh, Tin Star series right now is fantastic. She reads the way that with the tempo and rhythm that I write, and I so mm-hmm. it it sounds like it does in my head. She's just fantastic. But I the other day she sent me uh, one of the Marshals, and I was I had to tell her, oh that particular Marshal he's kind of dark and mysterious, so he needs a lower, steady voice but the voice she used could go for a different Marshall. So in that kind of thing, that that back and forth is really common. So it's a lot of fun.
0: Oh man. Do you think that, that it allows you to almost uh, double down on certain character, you know, ways of looking, sounding, acting and being Um, because sometimes, you know, they'll ask you a question and you, hmm, what would they sound like in this situation?
1: Yeah. I think that, when you write a book you know you're you're sure how your characters sound the hard part is letting it go and letting someone else interpret it so it doesn't have to be exact in fact there's no way it can be exact so you have Mm -hmm. to kind of hold it with an open hand and you're sort of a director in a a way but you have to let the artist develop the character a little bit for themselves too
0: oh that is so that oh you, you explained it in such a really concise way like Oh, because when you have that when you have that conversation and they're they're getting it, I think that is one of the like happiest things to do is when somebody understands because now they're playing a role. It's right. like like almost like a a, a drama, but mm-hmm. in a verbal way where somebody else is gonna have that capacity to actually hear that and think for themselves in that moment, like wow, now it's like a verbal story being told. And now that now before they had to read it, now they can just close their eyes, and listen to it happen.
1: Yeah, it's fun.
0: <laughs> now, I also saw that uh, you have a lot of different material as well on the website, not just uh, the 10-star series. Uh, like I said, like you have a, such an amazing website. Again, shout out to whoever developed it. Uh, you also have uh, FBI Canine series. And I also do see here that you also have a box set. Uh, already for the Flint River series as well. So that way, anybody that just wants to get everything all in one shoot has that opportunity there as well.
1: In fact, in that box set, there's a fourth book. Um, That book, it's a Christmas mystery kind of uh, story. Mm -hmm. And that book, the Christmas mystery and a coordinating cookbook for that series, because it was just fun, and then a prologue to my FBI series. I have three free books on my website. If anybody's interested to see what my style is, you can just go to the website, click on those, and they're free. So that's kind of fun. But in the box set, that book is included. You can't purchase it anywhere. So it's kind of fun to be able to offer it in the box set.
0: Well, look at that. And I did want to ask a few more questions because you have so many books. And I also wanted to ask, like, you know, even though I asked for your motivation, what also enables you to just not give up because you have, I believe like 11 books already.
1: It's more, it's more that I just can't stop. (laughs) It's not, (laughs) I, my, the stories just keep running in my head and that's been true for my whole life. I'm, I'm, you know, a lot of people struggle with going to sleep at night and they have their to-do mm-hmm. list and all that kind of thing. I've never been that person. I just tell myself a story and it's like telling yourself a bedtime story. Mm-hmm. You can be anybody you want, go anywhere you want and do anything mm-hmm. you want to. And then you fall asleep. I don't really know why you'd want to go through a to-do list <laughs> when you can have a story.
0: <laughs> now, do you have any issues whenever you're trying to end a story or like uh, you're trying to like, okay, I right, I think this is enough, but- your mind is still like oh there's a little bit more that you want to cram in like how do you know when the story is done because you have a series so i know at certain points you were like okay i need to just continue this later so at what point do you realize like this is it for this book and i need to just do another book
1: well, the, my biggest struggle actually is getting enough words. I tend to mm-hmm. write very concisely, so that's a different challenge. A lot of authors have to cut words. I'm always like, "Don't!" Mm-hmm. No, I can't cut any words. <laughs> I need the <laughs> word now. <laughs> but what happens is, in a mystery or a thriller, that story, that particular story, it has has its beginning, middle, end in your novel. The personal drama and the kind of you know the relationships between characters that is a series long arc. So. That part continues on, but, but I know I'm done when the mystery is solved or when they've caught the bad guy or whatever, that's the end. And then I like to come up with a little bit of a cliffhanger that isn't mystery oriented. Like that has to come to a conclusion, but Mm -hmm. a little bit in the personal area or something like something pulls you into the next book. So that's kind of my style.
0: Now, what is your personal, personal favorite part of the writing process?
1: strangely my favorite part is the first when I go over the rough draft for the first time and begin to craft it because I just you know blob it out on a rough draft get all the story down that I can Mm -hmm. dialogue comes pretty easily for me but um, I love to go back and and really shape it shape the sentences really try to get the mood really put the scenery and the and the um, visceral emotions and all that really Mm -hmm. plug those things in. that's really fun for me
0: now, other than yourself, of course, uh, who are your top three favorite mystery writers?
1: Oh, well, I like to. I like spy thrillers and political thrillers. I don't write them, but I love them. So I love, uh, I've been a lifelong fan of Robert Ludlum, who's passed away. Vince Flynn also passed away, but I love him too. And Brad Thor, those are my top three go-to guys that I, I love to read.
0: Man, you didn't even hesitate, you already <laughs> knew know who they are you knew most people struggle oh it's too many i was like no 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 now if you had if you had a chance to uh give yourself you know if you had like a little time machine 10 minute conversation with 18 year old version of yourself what would be that 10 minute advice that you would give yourself
1: don't worry about whoever the mysterious they are that, are gonna, that you think are going to judge you, that you think you're not good enough for, that you're afraid of their opinion. Just they don't even exist and who cares? Push, publish, do it. Just go for it. Go for whatever you want to do and don't be afraid about what other people think. It's your life. It's your one life. Go live it.
0: Wow. Powerful, powerful words. That, that's amazing advice right there, Jody Thank <laughs> you so much for coming onto the Penn Podcast. Where can people find more of you uh, your website, any social media, etc.
1: Everywhere that you can find me is on my website. So it's best to go there, which is, I think you said before, it's J-O-D-I dash Burnett, B-U-R-N-E-T-T dot com. And everything's on there. The free books, all my social links, everything. So you can find me on Amazon. My books are all on Amazon.
0: Yeah, definitely check her out, guys. She's number one for a reason. Not only is she fun <laughs> and enjoyable, Those books are amazing, just like her website. Definitely check it out. My name is Nico Pengen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for everyone tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, please let us know. Leave a comment, like, subscribe, share it with your friends. Other than that, have a great rest of your night then.
1: Thank you, Nico.